execution, real talk. Living right, the execution, real walk. And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside. And get your body outlined and chalk. I left the institution, real talk. Living right, the execution, real walk. And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside. And get your body outlined and chalk. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is the House to House podcast. This is Monty and Ragu. Yes, we're rolling again. As always, you can envelop yourself with this wonderful podcast on Google Podcasts, on Google Play, um, Apple Podcasts, on iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, and Podomatic. Yes, Podomatic. We send in Podomatic much traffic. Um, <laughs> Podomatic is a new heavy hitter. Um, and you can always join the Facebook group, House to House. That's the word house, the number two, and the word house, uh, where we advance our Father's kingdom one house at a time. I know it's been a little slow. We've been doing a lot of traveling the last couple weeks, so we haven't really been able to get a couple shows up, but um, we are back at it now pretty consistently. Um, or at least until the next time we have to do some traveling. <laughs> not, oh, not, not really back sure. at it again in yeah. October, man. Yeah, I know. Um, I know I've been kind of on the road up and up and about the last two or three weeks. So but you got to have your, be stable. You got to have your family downtime, man. Yeah, got to. Um, but yeah, we, we had a great conversation um, a couple weeks ago with Dana. Thanks again for Dana for joining us. Um, so we just want to kind of continue in, I think, in, in that same vein. Um it was really good dialogue as it pertained, you know, towards the end where we started to really get into relationships and how we, you know, how we sort of maneuver relationships. And some sometimes, you know, everything in in, in like in the body of Christ is not roses. You know, sometimes yeah, it's there's, not, yeah. there's some thorns in there. Mm-hmm. And rather than ignoring it, you know, kind of burying our heads in the sand, we, you know, we have to confront those things you know we have to sort of deal with them and you know realize okay they're there you know i i love the um scripture in acts where there are two groups of widows they're the jewish widows and the grecian widows and they're like hey we're not getting any food they're hogging the food and the the early leaders in the house of god said you know what we're not going to ignore this issue um we're going to appoint the seven men and of course we know that's i believe around Acts seven Um, and they, you know, they, they, they appoint seven, you know, wise brothers who have a good report um, and are full of wisdom. And, you know, the, the rest is history. But my whole point of that is there was clearly some friction. Yeah, conflict arises yeah. and you have to have a form of answer to bring peace and resolution in the body. Exactly. And not ignore it. So, you know, one of the things we just want to kind of dialogue a little bit about today is, you know, relationships. Um, all types of relationships. Um, not necessarily the relationships themselves but what happens when they're broken you know what sometimes relationships gets broken sometimes relationships are broken and we got to repair them we got to kind of put that duct tape on those relationships and hope you know you know the the lord can restore it you know but in in the meantime we have to keep it moving and so we we cannot be afraid of conflict or offense um or hurt we can't be afraid of these things. And I think the the good thing, though, is, or the the primary thing is you can't, you know, harden your heart or harden yourself to not be vulnerable again to a relationship because that is a very dangerous place. Mm-hmm. Again and again and again. You know, one of the things that I found is even if you're angry at someone, 
that's actually better than being bitter. <laughs> yeah. Well, not just well, bitter, but you know how you can just kind of get apathetic about it, mm-hmm. like eh, whatever, and just not care. That's dangerous. Yeah, I think that that's actually more dangerous, only because if you're angry, at least you're showing some level of emotion yeah. towards the person, and which means they can still affect you, which is actually a good thing. But when you get to the place where you don't really care about them, like you know what they coming or going, fall off you know, a bridge whatever, or whatever. Yeah, that's dangerous, and so we we have to really watch our hearts if we get to that place as it pertains to um, certain relationships um, because it's it's a very dangerous place. Um, And so I think one of the things we have to do, and, you know, this is our show, so we can give our opinion. But, you know, I think one of the things we have to not be afraid to do is acknowledge when a relationship is broken. And say, you know what? We need to fix this relationship. We, You know, sometimes it, it may hurt your pride you know, we, you know, I'm the man of God, but sometimes you may just have to acknowledge this relationship is broken. Do I even still want the relationship? Right. Do I even want this relationship anymore? Um, and if it's broken, am I willing to do the necessary things to repair it and restore it? You know, that's like step A or step one, acknowledging the problem, acknowledging that there's an issue. Um, and like I said, like in the uh, act scripture, not trying to ignore it like it's not there. And and, and we know we have those relationships where we just kind of like, hey, here they come. You know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> the kind of uh, kind of make you a little bit yeah. uneasy. Yeah. When they when they come in the room, you get awkward. Right. You know, it's like, oh, here, here's so and so. But we may have to just acknowledge, man, this uh this relationship is broken or at least it's not what it could be. And then, you know, I think step two is then just asking, am I willing to do the necessary things to repair it. Right. And so, you know, you have to be willing to, to repair, you know, and I think ultimately, you know, if, if this is a, a relationship that you want to have, and cause you're, you're looking at the ultimate goal, right? So the relationship that has certain components, there's trust, you know, there's kindness and the fact that, you know, there's, times where you can uplift one another when one may be down there's there's what's that scripture in uh oh well but i think ultimately you know there's there's in time an opportunity to to build together you know that trust is it's synonymous to how the body of christ or to a degree the body of christ would function with that relationship and of course, you know, you're still all bound by one spirit. Ecclesiastes 4, 9. Yeah, Thank you. When, when one falls, it's two, better is two than one because when one falls, mm-hmm. the other's there to pick him up. There you go. And so, you know, ultimately, you're looking, you're looking, you're focused down the line here. And there's going to be hurdles. There's going to be parts where you don't agree with one another. There is no way one another would in, agree in the totality of their relationship. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. even if you're siblings. That's probably even worse, actually. There's no perfect relationship. <laughs> you know, even the Lord Jesus and the Father didn't see eye to eye on everything. And he said, hold on to my, it's heresy. Let me take you to the Garden of Gethsemane. <laughs> if the Lord is asking the Father, is there another way? Can we do this another way? That means for a, a split moment, right? His humanity, the humanity of Christ tried to, you know, exert some kind of influence and say, hey. I'd rather not do what we're decided to do or previously. And so, 
the way that the father and the son worked through that was the son submitted to the father. But just to show you that every relationship, every single relationship has its hurdles. Um, and so we just have to be willing because, you know, as the, the, the scripture that we just um, finally found, but it is better that when two walk together, then than it is to be walking up. No man or woman is an island to themselves. Yeah, even even in the scriptures where Jesus sent out the disciples, they sent they were sent out two by two. They were not left by themselves. And I think it's for that very reason that you have two individuals that are able to assist. And if one person doesn't discern or is able to pick something up, you know, the other one can. And if, if things go really sideways, <laughs> you know, Hopefully, hopefully, you know, they both, when they did, they got out safely. <laughs> I mean, you know, hey, listen, sometimes things go sideways. But, you know, here's here's the, the, the great thing about that. And, again, that's um, Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10. Um, two is, unless the Lord specifically calls you, because sometimes the Lord will just call you to do something, and you have to just do it and complete it. But in, in general... The, the the reason that we are relational beings, human beings, is because it's representational. You know, things in the earth are representational of things in heaven. And so we we don't just do things, you know, just to just to do them just for the sake of doing them. There there's an intention in the in the Lord having us to do things. And many times that is representation. It, it's to represent things in heaven so that people can see heavenly things in the earth, right? We don't have to just, we don't, we don't have to sit around and, and imagine what things would look like. We don't have to sit around and, and imagine what things would look like. The, the Lord instructs us. And as we, we are maturing, we put those things on display, right? So I, I want to give, and you know, for all, everyone listening, I'm going to give you an example of that. So, we talk about marriage a lot here. We, I, you know, we're both married. We talk about marriage a lot. But what's the point? Like sometimes I talk to my children about this, and I say, "What's the point of just me being an awesome dad?" Because I am an awesome dad. Right? <laughs> but I say, "What's the point? You think it's just because I want to do these things?" I was like, "I and I, I'll tell my kids I have a responsibility to my heavenly Father to do these things. I'm not just doing it just because." And so, as a as a husband or as a wife. We have responsibility, right? Not just to our spouse. We have responsibility to the Most High. So I, I want to read um, Ephesians 5. Let's look at Ephesians 5, um, 22 through 27. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Because the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, he himself being Savior of the body. But as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her to sanctify her by cleansing her with the washing of the water by the word so that he may present the church to himself as glorious, not having a stain or wrinkle or any such blemish, but holy and blameless. And verse 28 and 29, sorry. In the same way, Husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. No one hated his own body, but feeds it, takes care of it, just as Christ does the church. That's Ephesians 5, 22 through 29. 
So we see there one of the purposes, right, of marriage, not the only, but one of the purposes is to represent the love of Christ in the earth. How do people understand or how are they to understand the, the, the way in which Christ wants to love us as his body, as his bride, as his people? They should be able to look upon our marriages as an earthly reflection, right, as a representation of that heavenly love. Because, of course, we can't see it. It's unseen. So he deposits these things in the earth for us to then replicate and represent. So people can look at our marriages and say, wow, is that the way the Lord wants to love me as his bride? Right. The, the I'm watching the way in which you love your spouse. Now, I would say not all the time, of course, because we make our mistakes. Right. You know, we, we have our bumps in the road. But are we working towards that? Of course, I'm not going to not going to lie. <laughs> say I'm, I'm on the job. It is you. what it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, you know, sometimes you miss the mark, you know, and you repent. And then this, that's that's a obvious and a natural reaction when you have conflict in in relationship right you have to go back to resolving them because you're not here for yourself you're not here for them but you're also you're a representation of what the father has deposited in both both individuals right in respect to we're still talking about marriage so the husband and the wife are the unit essentially that makes up the reflection of of christ in the earth no, exactly. I mean, it's a it's a representation. And so we have to just work towards that. Um, and so you may be listening and say, OK, well, my husband's not representing Christ to me at all. Right. Or my my wife is not representing the church to me at all. Then what do I do? Like we said in the beginning, I think you step back and assess. OK, the relationship is broken. OK, that's fine. It's not there's actually nothing wrong with that. This is the second step now. Am I willing to do what it takes to restore and bring my marriage relationship or my covenant relationship to what Paul is talking about here in Ephesians 5? That, that's the real question. Mm-hmm. The question isn't, is it broken? Because if it's broken, There's God evidence can fix that it. It's broken, yeah. That's God can, listen, God forgives sin with the snap of his finger, but it's, am I willing? So, we have to just realize that, you know, these relationships that we have are, are representational of um, another thing. But, you know, part of bringing that repair and that restoration is the trust piece. Oh, yeah. So I think a very good example in the scriptures that I was I was going to pull from is in. Uh, it's in Joshua, it's in Exodus, it's in Numbers. So I'm kind of going backwards, but it's in the old testament where the relationship between moses and joshua is very evident where of course i'm primarily looking at the the time when moses is actually passing away and joshua also now has to take on the leadership role where he's he's responsible for israel and so the things that he had to do leading up until he transitioned is the fact that you know he had to train Joshua on how to hear hear God, what he sounds like, what kind of instructions would he provide, you know, how to work with the current council that's in place mm-hmm. that is also establishing con- order for the, the Israelites. Um, because, you know, at this point, they still have not entered the promised land. Right. So there's still instructions and guidance that, that he t- had to provide. 
And and I think the the very uh, point that very st- that stands out a lot to me is the fact that this is Joshua, not his, and this is not Moses' biological son. Yep, I mean, and that's that's another aspect of the representation. Generational relationships sometimes are ways in in which God will use another to represent an aspect of his nature to another. And so you, you have Joshua who, you know, when we read the scriptures, he's the son of none, right? Yeah. He's not the son of Moses yet. God was clearly putting on a particular representation of a part of his character in Moses before Joshua to be able to lead all of Israel, you know? And so that's, Another part, you know, I think it's in Isaiah 58 where it says God will use us to restore breaches, Amen. right, to to repair things. And so where there are gaps, right, we may say, OK, growing up, my parents didn't do this. My mom didn't do that. My dad didn't do that. Right. Let's just throw something random out there. Let's say your mom wasn't a good cook. So you're a woman who grew up and never really learned how to cook. You say, I want to be able to please my husband just by cooking him a nice meal. And my mother was never a good cook. Arr, can you shake your fist? Well, then the Lord allows you to cross a path with a woman who's a wonderful cook. Then what you need to realize is just because this woman is not your biological mother, right? Mm-hmm. I, I should still, this is why the, the scriptures would say, entreat older men as fathers, entreat older women as mothers. Because there are things that I can glean from her. If I'm a woman, I could glean from her, right? To be able to say, wow, she's a, an amazing cook. I can glean these things. And I could list a myriad of things, right? Let's say your dad wasn't a really big fix-it type person growing up. He didn't fix stuff. He just went out and paid somebody, whatever. Man, I wish I could just, I, I'm, I get tired of spending money paying people. I'd love to fix something. And the Lord allows you to cross paths with somebody who's really that kind of person. I, then we're able to glean. And so we have to be able to see the Lord as he represents himself in these various relationships as, and not be so stuck on biology, right? Because I think if we get stuck on biology, sometimes we'll, we'll, we'll miss God. Remember when Paul first meets Timothy, the scripture says that Timothy's mother was a believer, his grandmother was a believer, but his father was a Greek. Mm-hmm. Clearly showing that his father had unbelief. And so it is Paul who sees Timothy and says, you know what? He needs to walk with me. Although he's already a believer because he had a good report with those people in the town where he was. But Paul saw by the Lord, there's some things that this young man is missing that he's going to miss if he's not walking with the father. Right. Or things that he cannot achieve without the assistance of another more mature individual to go beyond where he currently is. Exactly. And then you see the fruition of that, I believe, in 1 Corinthians 3, yep. where Paul Peace then tells yep. the, the, the Corinthians, this is my dear son in the, in the Lord. This is my dear son who knows my ways in the Lord. Um, and so we, we can know, like I think it's in Psalms where it says that Israel knew God's deeds, mm-hmm. but Moses knew God's ways. And many times we need... We need to have relationship. We need to have relationship to be able to learn the ways of God. Just like you talked about with Joshua and Moses. So if Moses knew God's ways, it's clear that Joshua was able to learn God's ways. Yep. Yeah, he was able to witness the deeds and the things that were actually performed in firsthand encounters. The other thing that I think is um, key for that is in order for that you know, download or transition to take place, we have to be intentional in our relationships. 
we can't be haphazard, you know, and just kind of casually going about things. We have to really be intentional with them. You know, think about this. You know, we're, we're both married and people who are listening, you know, if, if you're married, you'll be able to understand this example. Unmarried people, one day you'll understand it as well. It How important it is for wives to hear their husbands say, I love you. Like wives many times want to hear it. Now, husbands say, girl, you know, I love you. Come on, all the stuff I do and I'm here and I lay down my life for you and so on and so forth. But then they're just like, you know, I'd still just like to hear it. And you're like, all right, I love you. And that that just those three words makes their whole day. So you, what it helps me to realize is I have to be more intentional with the way that I speak to my bride. Right. I, I have to be more intentional to actually say, all right, honey, I love you. You know, you, you're amazing. You're a wonderful woman. I'm so thankful that the Lord, brought, like saying those things, you know, yeah. not just assuming that they can pick up on cues, right? That it's implied because I did these things that I love you, but actually being intentional to uh, do it. Now, I think another very small example that I know I can pick from is I know sometimes when I'm interacting with my wife, if I'm going to get something from the fridge or getting something to drink, I may forget, but I have to be intentional because that causes a fight later <laughs> on. <laughs> but I have to be intentional to not be so daggone selfish. And, hey, you know, do you want something since I'm up? That kind of consideration, that, that like lights up their life. Mm-hmm. And so that's the, the type of mentality that we should put forth in all of our relationships. Whether, you know, you have brothers and sisters, you know, just say, hey, is everything okay? But no, was, what would you call me for? Just calling to make sure everything was okay. You know how many times I call a brother or I'll email a brother or text him and just to say how things are going, they're like, man, I was just thinking about you. I'm glad that you reached out and were able to connect, you know, and so it's, I'm, I'm realizing the intentionality is very important. We have to be intentional in our relate, like be intentional with, um, you know, the, the way in which we pursue relationships, be intentional with our intentions, right? Say, listen, I, I feel like the Lord is connecting us, you know, and I just want to reach out. I know I don't know you very well or, you know, however you want to, however you want to work it, you know, being honest enough, whether it's being honest to say, hey, listen, this relationship is damaged and needs to be repaired or we don't really have a very good relationship. It should be better or, you know, we don't have a relationship at all and I'd like to get to know you. Like, you know, these are all things that force us to sort of kill our pride a little bit. You know, but I think that it helps it helps really connect us as a body, getting past some of these natural barriers. These are just I mean, because they are barriers, yeah. but they're not something that can't be overcome. They're not impossible. Yeah. And I think in, in conjunction with that, Amadi, I think when you're building, there's going to be opportunities and moments and throughout the relationship, depending on the relationship and and the type of relationship it is, there's going to be a degree of vulnerability from both parties that you'll have to have. In order to start building, like really beyond the uh, shallow things, you know, you know the, the surfacey kind of facts and things that you may know about an individual, but when you start getting into the like the things that you've heard from the Lord that like are life-changing kind of things, those things are degree are required to have that vulnerability with one another. And that's a good one. And I, I think as we come around third base here, you know, something to just kind of put out there that. We, you may get hurt when you when you allow yourself to be vulnerable. That means the possibility of you getting hurt has just gone up exponentially. When I come to someone open and honestly and make myself vulnerable and transparent, 
there's a possibility that they may just trample all over. So that, what do we do then? You say, oh, Marty Ragu, last time I did that, somebody hurt me. And I would say to that, I would say, I'm sorry that you got hurt. It doesn't. It is not pleasant being hurt. I've been hurt in relationships. I've had people do things and say things after I've, you know, made myself available to them. But what I would say, secondly, is the Lord requires us to dust ourselves off and make ourselves vulnerable again. And again, and again, and again. And you may say, that's foolish. Doesn't sound wise of my to do that. But the the response of the Lord is going into a matter he knows the end of a matter because he is the omega and the alpha and so I have to trust right? I have to trust my heavenly father going into this matter especially if it's someone who's already hurt me and I don't mean physically hurt you I mean because if you've been hurt physically that's so a different yeah, thing that, that, that's a different thing so I want to make sure that we have that clarification if you know, particularly for a woman, if you have been physically hurt, no, you, you need to, for your own safety, you need to, you know, pull out. And that's that's a different thing. We're not talking about a physical, uh, physical confrontation. You know, for those people who have gone through domestic situations, um, there are times where you will need to come out for your own safety. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about maybe an offense, mm-hmm. you know, or some kind of, you know, disagreement, mis- yeah, conflict, misinterpretation. That's these are the things that we're talking about, which can just kind of be hurtful more you know emotionally hurtful um the the lord has to restore our hearts you know i think one of the things that dana mentioned last time is that we have to go from having scabs to actually being fully healed yeah you know for those of us you know who've been cut if you have a scab that means that it's still healing but it's not healed yet because you touch it it might still be sore and tender but once it's healed you can touch it, bang it. You know, I have a, a scar on my leg where I got about 20 stitches when I was a kid. And I remember it was crazy. I, my leg got cut open and everything, and it was it was wild. But now that that spot is fully healed. So I could do whatever on that spot because there's no longer a scab there. So I think, you know, for us having gone through some relationships where you may have been hurt, there are many times where the Lord is going to send you either that same person or someone else and it is a possibility you may have to confront that same exact thing again. Yeah, that same situation may circle back around and give you another opportunity to overcome it as opposed to, you know, whatever the situation, you know, to be a proper, uh, give a proper response to it as opposed to being offended. Mm-hmm. And I think that you'll know that it's no longer an issue for you when it no longer hurts you, where you can then go through the situation and it, it doesn't hurt you anymore. You can still go through it, and it's not pleasant, right? It's not pleasant. It's still awkward. You yeah. still get those same those memories that happened from previous may jog you, and mm-hmm. you may be kind of in that moment, and then in the past, all at the same time. But you know, fortunately, you know, we have opportunities to overcome these circumstances, right? And 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 we don't go through them anymore, getting hurt. And sort of closing ourselves off. And I'm not dealing with them anymore. I don't talk to those people anymore because of this thing. Or I don't let them borrow money. You know, we can kind of shut some doors because of something that may have happened in the past. And I would just encourage everyone listening to allow the Lord to, you know, be be open. Be open to allow the Lord to 
give you the liberty again to venture into those spaces, um, venture into dealing with those types of people, because I believe that there's healing there, you know, not just for yourself, but healing for relationships and restoring of relationships. And in the end, our, our Heavenly Father gets glory because we made ourselves open enough, right, to listen to him and uh, be open and, and willing to, you know, allow him to restore things that we didn't think were had the ability to be restored. All right, because apart from how can be we be a representation of the Lord if we ourselves are not healed and able to, you know, confront these things? There's I mean, no that's, way. That's what the Lord did for us. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, when, when you think about it, it was a group of people who were hateful towards God himself. Right. It says that friendship with the world is enmity with God or war with God. Mm -hmm. So we weren't too, you know, kind or gentle towards the Lord or the things of God. But yet and still Christ crossed the, the barrier, crossed the breach to restore us back to our heavenly father. So in turn, you know, we encourage you all to be uh, ministers of reconciliation. Amen. Not just with the un, you know, unbeliever, but, you know, even with some of those relationships that we've closed off, be open to that. Be open to it. And, you know, ultimately, God will get the glory. And we would love to hear some testimonies, you know. So go into the Facebook group. And if you're want, and if you're willing and open to share some testimonies about how and when the the Lord restored a relationship for you, we would love to hear that, um, that it, you know, could encourage everybody else in the group. So we encourage you for those who are in the Facebook group. Why don't you put down a uh, testimony? We, we may even do the same of a an, uh, moment in a time where the Lord restored some relationships for us and uh, you know he was able to uh, get glory out of that so we do thank you guys for listening um, that's, that's our show for today um, as always we work to advance our father's kingdom one house at a time so for Ragu this is Amadi saying bye until bye. next time constitution now that's some real talk live right the execution now that's some real walk stay cool cause outside my dude is real hot got bodies outlined out here in real chalk I left an institution now that's some real talk live right the execution now that's some real walk stay cool cause outside my dude is real hot got bodies outlined out here in real chalk I left the institution real talk Living right, the execution, real walk And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside And get your body outlined and chalk I left the institution, real talk Living right, the execution, real walk And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside And get your body outlined and chalk And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside and stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot and stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside And get your body outlined and chalk